Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. So the Reds waste exactly no time following the disappointment in Kiev, showing a level of intent and purpose really unprecedented for Liverpool Football Club. And adding to a midfield that already features Naby Keita, Fabinho, who arrived before many supporters even returned from Kiev, including this one. And yet there's more. Announced not even two weeks to the day. Uh, it'll probably be formally announced exactly two weeks. Yet another addition in Nabil Fakir. So welcome to a special transfer edition of the Talk On podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Hallett. And I'm joined by a man who never met a transfer rumor he didn't like brian painter how are you man (laughs) good man it's good to be back from kiev Uh, i I don't think we've spent a whole lot of time talking since uh other than just uh transfer talk over the last two weeks but uh it's good to be back and it's good to be back on the pod it's been a while um but uh i'm excited uh it's my time of year transfer season (laughs) (laughs) and also another contributor figures to feature more regularly and not to commit you, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh, bully pulpit. So <laughs> James McGuire. Hey, James. Hey guys. Uh, looking forward to another pod and hopefully putting the champions league final behind us and a lot of good news. It looks like on the horizon here. Certainly helps it all go down. Yeah, that's great. A little bit on the structure for the pod. So we're going to get into a couple headlines that everyone should know and probably is tuned into at this point. We'll just go through those, have some reaction then we'll dive into all the candy that is this new midfield going from worst to first or whatever the euphemism should be bolstered by Fakir signing, of course. And then I'll have both the lads step to the podium at the end. And this is the new concept of podium awards and they'll provide their gold, silver and bronze in addition to a participation trophy for the club based on its transfer business, barely into June at this point. So when I start with the headlines, I, I can't call it, with my last name, I, Joey can do what I can. It feels like talking in the third person. Not cool. So why don't we start with the most important news for any Liverpool supporter. The Royals have announced they're going to knight our very own King Kenny. So they're going to try to knight a king. So Impossible. That, yeah. I, I, think, I don't think Kenny needs to downgrade himself, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like slumming it, right? Yeah, right. No, seriously, it's like, come on, guys. Like, I've already passed this up years ago. <laughs> You're allowed to report to me, but the other way around. Nice and easy news. Everybody's seen it, and you know, I think it's a strong move. It should have happened a long time ago. So good that it's following through. So that was the first headline. Not much there, really. The second headline is Liverpool and its approach of a first choice goalkeeper after Carius's performance at the final. So we remain strongly linked with both Alison Becker and Jan Oblak. Both keepers and their clubs are seemingly rolling the dice going into World Cup, unlike Fakir Fabinho. Oblak remains with looks like a 100 million euro release clause, equates to about 80 million sterling. Spanish press reporting that Madrid already submitting bids, so already ready to clear that that hurdle meanwhile roma after salah and with world cup approaching is trying to pursue a transfer fee for alison north of 70 million sterling so painter are you in for either of these keepers at any price yes i mean you 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 were with me at the at the champions league final i mean it, i i don't care what you say concussion no concussion you can't have a goalie that is is going to cost you a match like that. I'm sorry. So I'm down for getting a top-class goalkeeper. We seem to be making top-class players a priority at every other position. So just makes sense. Why not go get a top-class goalkeeper? So uh, again, I think this is a no-brainer. If you can get one done at a reasonable price, uh, you know, and reasonable being if you're a top-five goalkeeper, 
it's going to be in the north of 60 million pounds range. So we've proved we can spend it on Van Dyke. I don't see why if you can get the Van Dyke equivalent in goal, you don't go spend 70 million pounds on that person. Um, so I'm down for that. I, I would, I, you know, in terms of preference, Oblak or Allison, I would say Allison's probably a better fit stylistically for Liverpool's, you know, play. Oblak came from Madrid uh, or is coming from Madrid. Atletico, uh, that very, is. Or, yeah, Atletico, there you go. Um, who's very defensive uh, and they sit deep and they play uh, very, you know, very counterattacking football. Not in the high pace, high velocity counterattack like Liverpool, but more uh, in the sit deep, sit, soak up pressure, defend, 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 um, and then we go. So <clears throat> I think Allison would be a better fit. He's probably a little cheaper too, but Oblak is a much more proven commodity. He's been uh, playing at a higher level for a longer period of time, but I'm 100% down with us going and making that investment. Yeah, you can probably add me to that list, given that we both saw the final together live. So, James, uh, do you have any different perspective? Are you down with going younger and maybe rehabbing Karius? Uh, yeah, I, I would be surprised if uh, we didn't go for a goalie in the offseason. Um, Klopp seems to definitely have faith in Karius, um, but with the performance in the premier in the champions league final, it just, uh, I think it's probably leaving too sour of a taste in everyone's mouth. And James mentally, how do you come back from that though? Like, I mean, he's going to be messed up for a long time. He's going to need to get away from the limelight. I, in my opinion, I think he needs to get away from the limelight. Yeah, uh, exactly. And I would be very impressed if he was able to put something like that behind him. Um, so I, I think we're in the market for someone we're, definitely have the money to spend um just to kind of add on your points allison's a, a better fit from the one year of experience he's had with roma and their style whereas Oblak's definitely a different uh cup of tea with that but um allison would also help out the brazilian contingent in the team which would be nice keeping Firmino and uh our new brazilian midfielder happy but uh also we had Oblak on a, a trial period when i think he was 16 and passed on him so i did not know that wow yeah um i i, I don't want to kind of fall in the category of the man united's and chelsea's of not being able to identify talent and then paying out the nose for him five years later well you know what's funny about that though is we had him on when we were 16 that was back when he what is he 25 now so it's like that was back in, yeah like the hodgson years um hicks gillette so you know they fucked that up. So, <laughs> so effed um, up a few more things yeah. than that, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if not, we would add our goalkeeper boxed off and probably the Champions League uh, trophy winners this year. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not to be outdone, of course. Roger said no to Van Dyke. I mean, they just keep going all day with those. Um. So yeah, and the only thing that gives anyone pause is Klopp and his development skill. And it feel, feels like he could develop a rock into a star player if it was possible. So you see what he's done with Loverin. Could you, you know, I could, it's the only thing that gives me pause is that he might default to that. I think the club he is might default to it, but mentally, Jeff, I, you know, I, I don't, it's going to take him a couple years to get that past him. And I just don't see how you rehabilitate, rehabilitate him over one summer, throw him in the back into the mix. I just don't see it. Yeah, I think he needs to sit out of the limelight, take him off the field for a bit, send him out on loan. You know, get him get him away from Liverpool because the fans aren't going to forgive him for a long, long time. That is a hot take. I mean, Klopp does like to like face your fear quickly. I mean, he's done that. He's done that with Lovren, like right after Wembley threw Lovren back in. We can keep going with this all day, so we'll get back to that later. Um, why don't we go to the next headline, which is probably more of a yawn <laughs> than anything else, but the club officially announced today that Emre Jean, it's the last time I have to worry about pronouncing his last name right, and Flano are leaving Liverpool, you know, counting that, which is obvious at this point, but they're leaving at the end of their contract in the summer. So any thoughts here? I've got a lot of thoughts on these two. Um, 
one, Flano, I know, you know, he's a scouser and, and whatever, but, I, you know, I just can't get behind the domestic violence shit. So yep. he, he, you know. Solid shot. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you, Flano. Have a nice day. <laughs> um, and as far as Emery, I mean, to me, we've upgraded our midfield by a wide margin. Um, if the Fakir deal gets done with Keita coming in, um, and Fabinho, uh, I'm okay with letting Emery walk. Um, it sucks that he walked on a free, but I have no issues with it whatsoever. Other than the fact that it's going, he's going for free when we should have got 40 million for him or 35 or thereabouts. Uh, he was injured a good chunk of last season. He didn't really contribute. I would say his most impressive contribution was his bicycle kick against Watford uh, Watford. for sure. Yeah. And, uh, that basically helped us secure champions league season this past season. So, um, or for this past season. So I'm okay with it. I I don't care. As long as we keep buying boss players, I'm down for buying boss players and we're buying a shit ton of boss players right now. So, and Emery John was a shade, shade less than a boss player. So I'm down with it. Yeah, I agree, Jeff, there. Um, I don't think you're going to be able to fill the corner with too many people that are sad that Flano is leaving after what happened. Um, and then, yeah, Emery, great servant for the club, but um, I, I see him as being too cautious of a midfielder. And that was also even when he plays with Germany, he just doesn't either have it in the toolbox or just – want to go after players one-on-one with the ball and try to dribble anyone. It's always lateral passes and dribbles. Um, and I think it's also an issue with looking at all the midfielders that we have in the club, barring the recent additions. Um, they're all versatile players, but none of them are real specialists in one aspect of a midfield position. And I think Emery was also falling into that as well, where it's like, is he a, a six? Is he an eight? Um, you know, we also had him playing in a back three right center back role for a little bit. So, um, we, we have, we have enough, um, flexible midfielders in there that can, you know, help support the new guys coming in during the, the transition period. And I mean, if he doesn't want to stay and be a part of it, then, you know, enjoy, uh, the slow paced Italian league. Yeah. Well, why don't we enjoy the new midfield that's coming in? So that was a perfect transition. <laughs> so the reason we're, uh, we're even here recording, as reported by Paul Joyce, the journal of record at this point for Liverpool, uh, Liverpool to seal, uh, he mentioned Nabir, it's Nabil, Nabil Fakir deal on Friday, initial 48.4 million sterling plus a further 4.4 million in bonuses. Of course, a series of reports since uh, talking about the announcement and the medical. There was one medical and it was later reported by the Echo that there was a second opinion needed on that same medical because he had a surgically reconstructed knee after the cruciate ligament tear and 15 that James talked about. So it looks like, and especially with Leon publicly traded stock there's rules about announcing the most expensive resource on that team any later than after uh trading hours today so it wasn't possible from that perspective so it appears to be pushed to tomorrow and we're going to get into the impact of fakir but why don't we spend a second on you know do we know anything more about the timeline either james or painter you know it was reported <clears throat> that Fakir was going to sign today, as you mentioned. Uh, then there was reports that came out that was leaked and he wasn't really going to sign. And, you know, this morning it was flipping back to, uh, it was, it's not going to happen. And, uh, then it came out that the whole saga on the publicly traded stock issue with the fact that Leon uh, could impact their, uh, stock, uh, price and it's it, you know insider information that he's getting sold and he's their best player and blah 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 the saga goes on and on and on um at the end of the day i still think he ends up in liverpool tomorrow um i think this i think a lot of this was driven out of the french media it started there and then the british media picked it up from from that point um from what i can tell uh and 
Liverpool had remained quiet uh, on this whole t- this whole time on Fakir, and it was really driven a lot by the French media. So, you know, my my two cents is is this is this is a done and dusted deal. They're waiting for the right time to announce it. Um, they're probably trying to save a little face for Lyon uh, and Lyon's president, who's who's a bit of a wanker um, from what I <laughs> can understand. What I understand, um, and you know, he doesn't want to be looked look like he got made a show of but at 48 million which is the rumored price point with another four and change of add-ons i mean you have to say that is just absolutely dynamite business by uh by edwards and and liverpool Klopp. i mean wow to get a player uh, and james probably has the exact stats but 20 i think he had 23 goals and you know something like you know 12 or 14 assists and i mean that's just insane productivity for even for the French league. And we got him for 48 million. Uh, if you look at <clears throat> just some of the other midfielders that are going for big bucks, uh, he's better than them all. It's very similar and reminiscent of the deal we made for Sala last year for about 30, 36 and change uh, plus add on. So, um, but that's kind of how I saw the tea leaves over the last 24 hours. Uh, like I said, I think, you know, from all accounts uh, it's going to get done tomorrow going to get announced tomorrow the one thing to 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 bear in mind is french head uh france heads out for the world cup and they're going to want that done and behind them uh so that they can focus on the world cup uh uh, and i don't see the national i see the national team saying get it done get it out get it out of the way we're flying to russia um and I think that's going to have a, a big driver in it, too, to get it done tomorrow because they leave tomorrow afternoon. After they play the United States in a friendly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing we can win in that game, even if we win. But in all likelihood, yeah, getting slammed. We're not winning that game because they're putting out a full strength 11 against us. Yeah. And, and we're putting out the kids. Not even if, even if we weren't putting out the kids, that still ain't happening. <laughs> right. And Fakir, it'll be a learning experience yeah, for sure. <laughs> and Fakir is still too young. He's really going to be riding the bench for most of the World Cup. I mean, hopefully, right? Keep his body fresh so he doesn't get overly tired with World Cup duty in advance of the season next year. Um, so a bit on who Fakir is, and I'll pass it to you guys. So, uh, of course, he had been with Leon from age 12 onward and was bounced out because of concerns about his size. Uh, but it says something about his determination, came back, fought his way back. And at last year's, you know, banner year after an injury. So he had the cruciate uh, ligament damage in 15, but came back and had a monster season last year with Lacazette out to Arsenal really became the focal point of Leon's attack and says a lot about the manager that he's able to continually develop players and adapt the offense, bring them along. But to Painter's point, 20-plus goals in all competitions and 10-plus assists bring in a lot of firepower to Liverpool. And this is a player that is you know, good with, I think he's right-footed, but good with both feet and has long-distance threat in his locker, which we've been missing really since Coutinho walked out the door. James, looking at the impact of Fakir, you know, his playing style, I mean, do you see any positives or negatives that I haven't covered already? Uh, yeah, so, so it's, I think it's really great that he can offer being a two-footed midfielder. Um, and even though he was cut when he was younger from Leon's Youth Academy, um, I, I think that's one of his... Uh, strengths now is just his build. He's stocky. He looks like a very strong person on the ball. That would be you know hard to knock off. And also, you can tell the way that he makes his runs in midfield. Um, he's not afraid to use his body to put it in between you know the oncoming defender and the ball. So I think he's going to draw a ton of fouls for us next year. Um, he looks like he's great at retaining possession and also is not afraid to you know make a lower percentage pass to try to unlock the defense or if they know he have like a a back six or back eight like blocking uh on defense um a couple other things that i've noticed about him uh he seems like he'd be fluid in all four uh, offensive positions where he could be played next year so if we play you know like a front diamond 
he could play in any one of those. If we do a 3-1 or a 1-3, uh, as him as more of a 10, um, I, I think it would just allow a lot of movement with all four of those players, and it's just going to be a nightmare for defenses to try to keep everyone straight, especially when you're uh, dealing with the, the speed uh, of the two wingers. And then um, lastly, uh, like you said, being able to shoot from distance, having him and Keita uh, coming in from midfield that are, you know, they're going to be taking a lot of shots from far out. That's going to be good for keeping the other team's defenses honest uh, against us and not just automatically going, you know, to like two back walls of, you know, four defenders and you know, really uh, where we had a lot of trouble in the past few years of unlocking deep lying defenses. Yeah, and so you mentioned that uh, you've got he's coming into a midfield with Keita already planned coming in. He's not going to World Cup, so he's going to get a full summer with Klopp and with the rest of the players that aren't going to World Cup. I mean, you've got Fabinho that didn't make even the squad for Brazil. I mean, this shows how deep they are with talent. Those two getting acclimated, and then you add Fakir when he comes back from World Cup, um, a whole preseason with Klopp. Painter, how do you see the betting in process going? It's a great question. Um, typically, it takes a while, right? With Ox, it took um, half a season, right? He didn't really start kicking on until uh, the second half of the season. Um, and granted, he was great uh, in that second half of the season, but uh, he wasn't doing much in that first half. And then you have the the inverse of that. Sala came in and hit the ground running and was amazing straight out of the gates. Um I usually, from my experience, it's usually somewhere in between. Um, he'll be, he'll probably blow hot and cold for a couple, you know, for a couple months until he gets his feet under him, settles into the city, um, you know, does, you know, and understands a little bit about what Klopp's wants. He's going to have, uh, he's not going to have a full preseason, right? Because he's going to be on European duty uh, with with France, so he's going to be coming in at the back half of training camp so he's not going to have that whole time to absorb Klopp's system style of play what the players around him you know are doing uh that team last year uh, or last season was a very cohesive unit seemed to be you know that front three uh seen and and Ox towards the end of the year seemed to be all on the same page and he's going to have to come in and mesh into that group. Uh, so I think it's going to take him some while, a while to bet in, but I think, you know, he's a great player, so he's going to like playing with other great players. So I don't see, I don't see it lasting much longer than, you know, probably till, you know, October, November. Um, and then I think he'll, we'll start to see him kick on in the second half of the season, much similar talks. So not exactly an immediate Van Dyke throw him in. I, well, I think it's different too because you're coming from the French league. So not only does he have to adapt, like Van Dyke played in, you know, in England for a handful of seasons before he went to Liverpool, right? He he played at Liverpool multiple times with Southampton. Um, he played all across the Premier League with Southampton. Uh, you know, he knows he knew that he knew what he was getting into, right? He didn't have to acclimate. Not only does Fakir have to acclimate to English football, but he also has to acclimate to all the different stadiums he's going to be playing in. He's not, you know, he has to acclimate to a new city in Liverpool. Uh, he's playing a much different style than Lyon is playing, or Lyon has played uh, traditionally. So I think he's going to have to accommodate his, uh, uh, you know, and acquiesce a lot to learn the system, learn the players. Uh, he's also playing with a lot better players than he was at Lyon. Let's be honest. Uh, so again, I just think there's going to be a betting in period for Fakir. I don't think he's going to come in and immediately hit the ground like Sala, but man, um, he's a talent for sure. If he comes in and hits the ground like Sala, watch out. We, we could be 10 points clear by Christmas, uh, on the Premier League title. <laughs> At least that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Knock on wood, or maybe we'll just edit that part out. <laughs> don't want to jinx it. James, um, looking at the folks that they're replacing, right? So current midfield that finished the final, Milner, Henderson, and Wijnaldum, right? Compare this new midfield and the components that we have, if you can, even. <laughs> it seems more like a night and day situation. Yeah, uh, I think it's a, a big change. So the three that we're bringing in are 
specialists in more of their positions where I think they're going to try to get Fabinho in more of a holding midfielder role, or if we are going against weaker teams, um, him and Keita might just uh, operate as uh, like a double pivot with Fekker more uh, advanced. Um, and then obviously Keita is just seems like a, a great fit for just being a box to box all action midfielder, kind of like Conte, but uh, with more offensive production. And then obviously, like we've been talking about with Fecker, he's more of an offensive minded uh, midfielder slash forward. So this really gives us a lot of versatility, you know, where we can play a two, one triangle. We can even do a one, two, um, or a double pivot in midfield. And I think that they're all smart enough uh, and athletic enough that they can adjust mid game to those different setups uh, for who they're replacing. It's day and night. So like I said earlier, most midfielders that we have currently are not really specialists in one particular role, uh, just more athletic, hardworking and don't like to give up the ball, uh, which is good in some cases, but it also, uh, is kind of shooting us in the feet against teams that would just defend, um, where no one in midfield wanted to make a run and try to beat someone one-on-one or, you know, play between the lines and things like that. So, if you look at our midfielders, uh, we have so many captains and leaders within that group. I, I think it's going to be a, an interesting midfield conundrum next year uh, to just kind of quickly go through them. You have Lalana, who was captain of Southampton, Milner, who was our assistant captain and has captained other teams, Ox, who since day one, everyone's been raving about his leadership and potential to be a captain in the future. Um, Jeannie, who also has strong leadership, Hendo, our current captain. Um, and if Harry Wilson gets some options, he's been the U21 captain. Um, and then bringing in Fecker, who's captain of Leon. That's, uh, those are a lot of armbands and a, a lot of uh, leadership experience that we're having, you know, coming in. So Jeff, I got a question for you, man. Yeah, please. <clears throat> so what, who, which which of the two uh, new newcomers are going to play alongside of Jordan Henderson? <laughs> <laughs> None. Uh, well, I mean, it, you, my friend. Yeah, yeah. We we've been we've been pondering this internally, and I'm fine answering it. I mean, of course, the betting in. I expect it to go. You're going to have some of the legacy players. You're going to have Henderson in there probably first match of the season once it kicks off and at least have one familiar midfielder in there that understands defensive responsibilities as we look to contain. I haven't even seen the fixtures yet. I think they might be out today or tomorrow, but uh, depending on who we start against, it's, you know, understanding your place in Klopp's system. So I expect to see him early, but how long? I I can't see it past October. I was just going to say, I don't, I I mean, I agree with you. I I, I think Henderson's obviously going to get, Bypass probably by Fabinho, and once everybody beds in, including Kate and Fakir, I think you're those are going to be our first choice. I, but to be honest, I'm not so sure that Klopp didn't buy Fakir to be a forward player. Um, he does a lot of that number ten slash winger role with Leon, especially on the left side, um, which would give a nice rotation up front. You could rotate. Fakir in for Mane, who Mane's position, if you remember, was a little bit more of a creative role this year as opposed to an out-and-out winger, um, which is, fits nicely for Fakir. And then you could slide Mane back over into Salah's role. Salah could slide into the striker role for Bobby, and Bobby could get a break. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of options because Fakir is so versatile up front. So I'm not so sure he's he's going to play in the midfield, but... Um, and I think maybe uh, Klopp might have his eye on him playing more forward. Uh, just I, I think that also would line up very well with um, hopefully the timely return of Ox, who obviously came here and has been groomed into more of a central midfield role. So if Fecker is going to alternate within those three positions and forward, then that would you know give more game time to Ox in the midfield role. Yeah, I think this is an embarrassment of riches if there ever was one, right? You had a attack that set all kinds of records, three attackers, each with double, you know, goals and double digits, assists way up, Bobby having a banner year, Salah with more golden boots than I'll ever see in my lifetime uh, just in one season. And then you've got Mane adjusting to a new role, um, Coutinho bailing, him drifting into the 10 more, and 
really the the three attackers all over the pitch the way Klopp system worked last year especially during you know as we watched in the knockout stages of Champions League versus City versus Roma especially we just haven't seen the proper feeding of the the front attack right painter like uh, you have so, no, so much attacking threat <laughs> like how big you, can this attack go i think i think what you might see is kind of a horses for courses type of thing with a little rotation up front i think i think maybe against like a low block side uh, that comes to anfield and sits in or or away from home you put fakir in that midfield role cuz he's a much more creative type you know you know a la uh, phil Coutinho when he was here um, with that front three to give us a little more attacking impetus to cut people open and cut teams open. If you need to rotate, you've got Fakir to rotate in for one of the front three. And then, you know, just like I said, it just gives you a bunch of different options you just didn't have once Phil left because you just didn't have that creative player. Even even Ox, to a certain extent, wasn't very creative. He was more of a powerful, pacey, I'm going to bu- burn past you, um, you know, type of player as opposed to, you know, tricks and flicks around uh, corners and, you know, catching a pass uh, and splitting the defense open. So I think he just adds a lot of versatility to our attack, uh, whether it's in a midfield role or a forward role. Um, I'm just excited about the player uh, and good on Liverpool and the, the scouting crew and Edwards and the whole cast of characters. They can pull this one off. I mean, you got to tip your hat to them. What they've learned what they've done in the last two years has just been, you know, probably some of the best, best business um, this club has ever seen. Mm. Well, save that for the podium because you've got awards to hand out. Um, (laughs) So in addition to all of those attributes, well, well described, we not only have that ability to cut defense is open and deal with the low blocking so much of the dross in, in the Premier League. You also have an attitude. I don't know if you both caught the video of Fakir scoring a goal against St. Etienne, which is like Leon's arch rival. It was like a derby of their own. And he it is. Took, yeah. took off his jersey and like shook it at the opposing fans, almost incited a riot. Yeah, no, he's got a bit of bite to him. Which you got to love. Yeah, it'll be nice. We've uh, we've had a lot too many nice guys, especially in midfield. You need to have some of a little bit of an edge, uh, kind of like how Gerard had it, Mascherano, and obviously we all know how Keita has been a, a little naughty the past couple of years. So hopefully we won't have major issues um, with that or attitude from him, uh, because I, I think he's going to be just uh, you know how Salah took the PL by uh, storm this year in his first year. I think Keita has that ability to do, uh, you know, have that much and even more of an impact. Yeah. That's a good shout, uh, James, especially on the naughtiness. I mean, or on the snideness of the midfield, uh, Henderson, you know, he's got an intensity to him, but he's not a, just a nasty player by trait. Joe Coutinho certainly wasn't. And Jeannie, I mean, the guy smiles more than, you know, more than any guy I know. So there's zero chance. Probably smiling right now. Yeah, he's probably smiling right now. He's like, hey, Fakir's coming. Hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I, you know, Emery was pretty much the only one that had a little bit of bite to him. But now we've got three new midfielders. All of them have a bit of nasty streak to them. And I can't, I welcome that so much. It's just going to be so refreshing when, when somebody gets hardened on us, we're you know it's coming back at them uh, at least by a factor of two. So it's going to be great to it's going to be great fun to watch because you know I like a physical tackle. Yeah, you sure do. <laughs> it's something we really wish we saw in the final, for instance. So yeah, it, very much looking forward to it. Uh, James, what do you think the impact is going to be? You bring in a lot of new players, and you've got players going out. You've got Emray, Happy Trails down to Juve. What does this new midfield mean to, say, Gruchik? And, I mean, certainly Lana, Henderson, Wijnaldum, um, are, are they all just depth, James? Or do you see, you know, Gruchik at least getting loaned on? Yeah, that's something I've been thinking about for a while. And um, it, it's, it's definitely a worry, especially if you can just write down all the midfielders that we're going to have next year. Um, there's going to have to be some exits, uh, whether it be on loan or permanently. Um I think Grucic could be a phenomenal holding midfielder or one of those marauding box to box midfielders, you know, 
uh, of the cut of like Yaya Toure. Uh, he's tall, he's powerful. Um, he seems like he's good on the ball and likes to get in the offense as well as <laughs> completely not being afraid of, you know, getting stuck in and, you know, uh, the physical aspects of the game. It's just, uh, is his mentality developed enough? Um, and is he going to get enough game time here to, to, to warn it? Cause we don't want to stunt his development anymore. Uh, I think it'd be best for him just to go out on loan for, well, uh, go out on loan, but I also think he only has two more years left on his contract. So we just need to extend that out to make sure it's tied up and then um, put him out on loan for a year. Yep. It's a solid shot. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think we saw this year though, you can never have too many good midfielders, right? Towards the end of the season, we were, we thought we had a stacked cabinet and then a couple injuries and the cabinet looked pretty bare, uh, towards the end of the season. So, uh, you know, with a three coming in and you add that to Jeannie, Milner, Hendo, Lalana, that's seven. Uh, Grujic is eight. Uh, you've got other ones knocking around. Uh, Ox you know. for the second half of the year. Oh, yeah. Ox is second half of the year. So that's nine. And then um, Woodburn and Wilson. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. You've got, you've got, you know, 10, 11 that, that can easily, um, make first team minutes next season. I think what you'll see though, to James's point, I, Fulham has already uh, inquired about Grujic uh, on loan for this season, which I think that would be a great move. Get him, you know, a full season in the premier league uh, with, you know, with Fulham, he'll definitely play for Fulham. Um, you know, they're, they're coming up. They've got a good side. They play attacking football. They've got Sessignon down the left-hand side. And it's always good to make, Nice, nice with Fulham when uh, when it comes time for them to sell session. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think I think you'll see I think you'll see Wilson move, uh, go on loan uh, to a Premier League club or or like a first division side. Um, I think you'll see Grujic go on, but you can never have too many boss midfielders, in my opinion. Yeah, that's for certain. Um, why don't we a couple things? Like one thing I want to get into before we have you both step to the podium. It's a big deal. Why don't we spend a second, since we can't predict the score, uh, why don't you speculate one by one what this means for next season? Like, does this mean more action in the Premier League? Do you expect a domestic trophy? James, why don't we go to you first? I'd like to see us go a lot deeper in the domestic cups. Uh, the past few years within that have been pitiful. Um, and that, that'll also solve a lot of our problems that we're just chatting about in terms of how many people we have in the midfield and other rules so we can, you know, make sure there's enough game time for everyone. Um, I think obviously finishing in the top four, um, is key to progression, ideally top two or first place. And then, um, I, I don't think it's unrealistic, uh, if everyone can kind of bet in well, um, and barring, you know, nightmare draws in the champions league that we can, you know, make it at least past the first round of the knockout stages. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> i was just in kiev man we're going to madrid next season i've already reserved it jeff i think already reserved a hotel room for us in, in madrid not not staying in the suburbs again i can tell you that <laughs> uh, you know the to, to james's point um or you know a couple comments on james's points I think we've, I think we're going full bore on all four fronts. Um, I think with a rotation that we have in midfield, uh, and hopefully with a little bit more business to do, uh, specifically in the front line that <clears throat> we can challenge on four fronts. Uh, I mean, imagine playing a, a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday type of, uh, setup. And on Saturday you play Fakir, Fabinho and Keita on Wednesday, you play Genie in the cup game, you play Genie. Hendo and Lalana or Ox, um, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like that is a very strong side for a cup game. Yeah. And I think, I think we'll be challenging on all four fronts. Uh, Klopp knows he needs to win a trophy at some point, right? All this goodwill and, you know, excitement about where the club's progressing to uh, it's going to start getting played out if he doesn't put hardware in the cabinet. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him go all out for the League Cup or the FA Cup in addition to the league. Um, you know, I think we'll always go strong in the Premier League or uh, in the in the Champions League just because obviously that's that's it's the Champions League. But I wouldn't be surprised if he puts out some really strong teams 
especially early on, uh, to get into, you know, the quarter semis, uh, and ultimately the final of those, uh, of those domestic cups. Cause he needs to start putting silverware in the, in the cabinet. Here, here. I, uh, wholeheartedly agree. And let's, uh, just proceed with that as we now step to, you guys ready? Stepping to the podium. Stepping so, to the podium. <laughs> James, why don't you go first? And this is our new concept of what was great or what was terrible. And I don't think there's any terrible to discuss here because we didn't play a match. So it's nothing but good. So why don't we focus on your positive at the podium, your gold, your silver, your bronze, and your participation trophy. All right. So um, to start off with uh, working up way, the participation award, I, I think should go with Carius. I think he did really well. And barring 45 horrible minutes, he was phenomenal this year. And everyone was rating him up until that game as like an 8 out of 10. Um, this might be my parting gift to him, but hmm. yeah, um, <laughs> I, 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 I hope he's not just only remembered, you know, for that, that, you know, 25 minute stint, but you know, he, he was phenomenal and really a lot of people were putting down the, the big change in our defensive stability, obviously to Virgil, but also to him. Um, the bronze is going to go to Salah, uh, I th- thought he obviously deserved every accolade and more for this year um, and really added a new dimension to our team. The silver is going to Edwards. Uh, I know we touched upon it earlier, but the management staff for scouting and you know, getting some of these deals across the line, they've learned from their mistakes. They've identified the right ones to go after. Um, and, you know, barring any major hiccups, the rest of this transfer window, it looks like we are going to have a, a very productive transfer window. And, you know, one of the best teams, not just performance wise on our good day, but also one of the best teams on paper, which, you know, we haven't been able to say about Liverpool in a while. Here, here. And, good shout. And the gold, obviously, to Jurgen. Um, I think he's had because I think he's had uh, a say in all three of those others. So obviously, knowing when to pull Carius during um, his initial time as the starter, um, he identified he wasn't ready and just could work as being taken away from the spotlight and developed for a bit. Um, brought him back in and he performed well for ninety eight percent of the time he was there. Um, Salah, he brought him in. He was the one that allowed him to take on this new position for him. Um, He had the balls to ask Mane to move switch sides of the uh, field for Salah, as well as ask Firmino for his number for Salah. So he obviously had belief in him um, and it paid off. Um, And then, you know, working with Edwards to not just identify uh, the right components that we needed for the team, but also everything that we're reading is that he's, one of the ones that has to sign off and he likes to have at least one conversation with new recruits. So they said with Fabinho, with Fecker, um, the conversations with Klopp were one of the big uh, swings for getting them on board for joining Liverpool. So um, I know it's definitely more of a conversation now than it was last year, but I still think he's our most valuable aspect as a club. Yeah, I could not agree more. And that could be a two hour pod just on Klopp and the effect he's had and the positive impact he's had on Liverpool, given where he joined, like the state of the club when he joined, that recruiting platform, Painter. I mean, it's formidable. It, he's got the gravitas to get the best young players. It doesn't matter where yeah. they are. Blend them in seamlessly to his culture with his philosophy that, you know, clearly drives the performance and who we recru- recruit in. You know, he slowly upgraded based on him coming in and winning, right? So he got he's getting these players now because we made it to a champions league final we play gorgeous football that matters right so you know that helps with the recruiting pitch if we were playing mid-table football like arsenal um he probably wouldn't get those players i mean arsenal you know as an example just signed a 34 year old guy i've never even heard of um (laughs) so Again, I think a lot has to do with the fact that, you know, we play great football and he is delivering results on the field. Without a doubt. Uh, So for my podium, uh, my participation award goes to the one, the only Jeff Hallett. (laughs) Thanks, Uh, buddy. I 
And I'm almost afraid to have you explain it, but go. <laughs> Jeff um, participated uh, above and beyond for his trip to Kiev. I've never seen uh, more participation from uh, one individual than Jeff Hallett. Jeff uh, flew by cover of night into uh, Kiev. He got in at Odark Hunter, took a completely dark cab into uh, one of the creepiest, darkest, dankest parts of Kiev, uh, fell asleep, woke up. We partied all weekend, and then he did like a four-country slash bus slash train slash I don't even know what to get home. And like three days later, he ended up back in Southern California. That definitely deserves my participation award. You definitely were a participant Thanks, uh, in a very fun weekend, man. So Thanks, buddy. Thumbs up to you. <laughs> although, although that experience pales in comparison to many of the scousers that did that exact journey, but via car, via a taxi that, cause they were out of options to move from yeah. Warsaw across the border into Ukraine. I just heard so many stories of trips that were way worse than mine. So, Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but as far as one that's personal to me, that, that deserves the participation award. Thanks, for sure. Um, as far as uh, my, my bronze uh, award, uh, I think my bronze award has to go to um, – Virgil Van Dyke. Okay. Uh, I thought I thought Verge had a amazing six months. Uh, not even it was you know half a season uh, at Liverpool. I think he completely changed our defense. Uh, you know, Carius was one of you know Carius, the guy we just maligned, um, you know, fairly heavily. <laughs> it had the most clean sheets in the Premier League the second half of the season. I think I, I want to say. Um, and, or at least he was in the top two, I, I believe, or Liverpool in general. You're right. So <clears throat> again, I think, uh, that has a lot to do with, um, with Virgil. Um, I thought he was great. I thought it was a great piece of business. Um, and I, I can't say enough positive things about what he's going to do with a full season, a full pre, uh, preseason, uh, since he's not going to the world cup, uh, it's going to be exciting to see as far as my silver goes. My silver has to go to Bobby Firmino. Yeah, I have his jersey. He, I don't know. I don't know. Have enough wonderful things to say about Bobby. I'm so excited that he signed a five year contract. Although we know that doesn't mean a whole lot in this day and age, but at least he's put pen to paper, and uh, we got him for another five years potentially. Um, I just, I just love him to death. He just makes. He just makes the whole machine go for me. Uh, I know Salah gets all the goals, and you know, but Bobby had 28 goals this season, 17 assists. That's that's pretty fucking amazing for our number nine. I mean, and by any other season, if that if he would have produced that, um, and Salah would have just had a normal season, uh, he would have been revered as the the second coming of you know Kenny Daglish. So who is now Sir Kenny Daglish? Um, but I just love Bobby Firmino. I'm so excited that he's leading our line. Uh, I do think we're going to have to buy somebody to give those boys a rest up front. Um, and maybe that's Fakir. Maybe that's a uh, certain someone named Pulisic. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to get the Pulisic. Hey, yeah, I knew I was going to make it in uh, at one point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love Bobby. He's, he gets my, um, he gets my silver medal. As far as my gold, uh, I don't think enough things can be said about uh, Edwards and the entire recruitment department. Uh, I don't think they've got too much wrong in the last four years. If you look at even, you know, transfers like uh, Lilana, who's, who's good. Uh, he's a great squad player. Uh, you look at guys like Emery Jean. Uh, I know he's moving on to Juve, but he, you know, he was a good find uh, at, you know, a couple, uh, I think it was a 10 million pounds. But now you look at some of the things that they're doing, um, you know, locking in uh, Virgil van Dyke, showing up out of the complete blue for Fabinho, uh, now nailing down Fakir all before the World Cup, getting the pre-contract, um, you know, for Keita last summer, beating out the likes of Barcelona. I mean, we're doing next level type of shit and deals right now um, at Liverpool. And that that's that's just awesome to see it. I've never seen that in my entire Liverpool supporting life. Uh, and to see Liverpool acting with a shrewdness and a directness in the market, 
Uh, I just think that FSG and the entire management team, uh, Klopp included, is just doing next level stuff right now. And it's great to see Liverpool acting with such ruthlessness. Um, and that's trans, you know, that attitude is uh, transmitted onto the field as well. So uh, that gets my gold medal. And I hope they continue this summer and just act with more ruthlessness and go get Pulisic and go get a goalkeeper, whether that's Allison Oblock. I, I just think it's great to see. And I just got me so excited for the rest of this transfer window because God, lo- I love a transfer. <laughs> yes, you do. And I think our listeners are really going to enjoy this pod. So um, now that we've got the podium established, we're going to have to bring this one to a close. Uh, There's so much more to talk about this summer with the way this roster is developing out. I mean, can anyone believe it's just June 8th? There's so much more yet to come with some key targets still out there, specifically at Keeper. So I, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I know the World Cup's on in a, a, what, a week and a half or two weeks or whatever, but uh, just give me more Liverpool transfer. Can we just fast forward to August and get on with the games <laughs> or what? Fun. We're going to be hitting refresh nightly, right? I mean, that's going to continue theoretically <laughs> I through literally August. I wake up in the morning and hit refresh, refresh, refresh. It's really tough to, to focus especially with the Fakir news today. <laughs> so awesome. All right, um, gents, thank you so much for joining. Um, we have a couple bits of content to come. Uh, you're going to hear us probably weekly come back and give you some updates on how Liverpool players are doing in World Cup and kind of evaluating the news. And especially as transfer news comes up, you can hear our analysis here <laughs> in a timely way. And then we'll get prepared going into next season. We've got the U.S. tour coming up as everybody comes back from World Cup. So a lot of stuff to come. In addition to, we're uh, re-spinning the Nickel interview, Stevie Nickel and his book, um, because it's summer and what else do we have to focus on, right? So uh, his awesome book and our interview with him and with uh, his co-author, Mark Donaldson, that is coming out pretty soon. And uh, why don't we close out with where we can find the two of you knuckleheads on Twitter. Painter. Yeah, um, I'm busting around Twitter at Brian underscore Painter. That's Brian with a Y and Painter like a house painter. Of course. (laughs) James, where can we find you? Uh, Still no Twitter. Still off the grid. So I guess we'll just have to uh, stick with the pod. Can find you on Pornhub or something. Yeah, but I can't share my handle as this is a little PG pod, right? Gets weird. Yeah, (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) And you can find us, talk on underscore FP as in football purists. And Jeff Hallett with, unfortunately, I've got to say it every time, two L's, two T's. Because I always end up with one L when most people spell it, but it's fine. Um, Thank you, everyone, for joining and listening. And up the reds and talk on. Talk on, guys. Okay, okay.